All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie, we are kicking off our Evil Dead-a-thon, uh, because Evil Dead, is going, Evil Dead Rise is going to be released in a few weeks, and both of us are very, very excited for that one. Uh, both of us are big fans of the Evil Dead series. It's actually the uh, namesake of our podcast, Primitive Screwheads, which is a quote from Army of Darkness. Uh, good stuff right there. So uh, basically, we decided to go ahead and kind of combine all of these together. So today's episode is kind of going to be talking about The Evil Dead and The Evil Dead 2. Uh, If you have not seen either of these movies, just be aware they are very similar plots. Evil Dead 2 is basically just kind of a, okay, now let's remake the first movie with a higher budget and change some stuff around so it seems like a sequel. But it's basically the same plot, whereas the rest of the movies are kind of their own thing. Um, So we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about our personal experiences with this movie, the history of the franchise, uh, both of our fascinations with Bruce Campbell's chin. Oh, yes. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the Evil Dead musical as well, because I got to see that live. That was pretty cool. Um, And all of that stuff right there. Uh, In the meantime, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I am doing great. You know, I got to see Evil Dead pretty, pretty recently. Um, And, you know, I keep saying this, but it's like it's to me, it's always a great thing. It's always getting warmer here. Uh, And like as somebody who like has a genetic disease that makes it like hard for them to get warm it is always like the best news on earth as it gets warmer which is why i probably shouldn't live in the northeast um but you know <laughs> but how about yourself uh doing good doing good ran another 10k down in charleston south carolina last weekend uh we drove on down there it was there's this apparently it's the third biggest 10k in the entire country oh. and there was something like thirty-five thousand participants runners um but i will tell you our little horror story uh, so my dad lives down there, and basically, uh, he dropped us off right like a few blocks away from the starting line, just because it was absolutely massive, and we weren't going to drive ourselves. And both of us were just like, okay, we probably should have the bathroom before we go. It was about an hour before the um, start of the race, so we're just like, okay, that's probably plenty of time. And then we get there, and like the bathroom line is just crazy as it is and we are just like okay let's go ahead to the local grocery store local harris teeter we go on in there is one men's stall there is two women's stalls and the line is like 50 people deep and at this point we kind of look at each other and we're just like well we really don't have much of another choice so we stayed in the line and then we probably shouldn't have stayed in the line but we kept going because at that point it was sunk cost fallacy um eventually i got into the bathroom and it was literally just a mound of toilet paper and then a piece of shit just like curled up like an ice cream cone right in the middle <laughs> it was so gross and the smell was so bad it was so so bad i'm so glad i only had to pee um but yeah, that was the start of that race. But the race was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that sucked was like mile two. Basically, the whole mile was just all the way uphill the Ooh. entire time. Um, yeah. And the final streets, uh, the final mile was kind of shitty as well, just because it was very narrow streets. And you know how in races, there's always, they always say, you know, if you're walking, stay to the outside. Mm-hmm. No, no one did that here. Okay. No one, no one absolutely did it. They're, they were, they were walking all over the place, and I'm just like, God damn it, dude! I always hate it when, you, when you're uh. going fast, and, and there's just like, yeah, people walk. Like when we not, when I did that that um, donut race, people like love getting in the, in the you know the front of the race for some reason. Like when you know when they when they shoot off the gun, you first start, and some of these people are fucking walking. Like, what are you doing? Why are you in the front? What are you doing? Get the fuck out of here! I don't, I don't mm-hmm. understand it. Um, that's ugh, yeah, that angers me. But also yeah. toilets at yeah. races are just notoriously fucking terrible. I think everybody has like the nervous shits and they like destroy every bathroom they find. Yeah. And for me, it's just like whenever I start, because I've run plenty of races in my life and I always try and do like, because I want coffee beforehand mm-hmm. or like some sort of stimulant beforehand. But at the same time, I have to time it and make sure I take the right around so I don't feel like I have to take a shit right beforehand. <laughs> and it's it's a very fine process and i think i've gotten pretty good at it but at the same time it's just like yeah you know but, you just you gotta, um, yeah you i can say that your, you gotta scare your body into the fight or flight response apparently when that happens your body shuts down all like of the pooping and peeing desires to make sure you can get away from really it. yeah that's that, that's a thing like you'd think that you was like, not you, aware you of that your pants faster but it actually like stops the need to pee and stuff when it's like in flight so um just ah. just you know try to visualize somebody really scary behind you um, and then you'll 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 close right up. It'll be great. 
Okay, sounds good. Okay, yeah, the next time I have to poop and I don't have the opportunity to, I'll just have someone literally not scare the shit out of me. That's great. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, good to know. You see, we learn stuff in permanent screw heads every single day. I mean, that could be cocky on my uh, ass, but, yeah. but I, I think I remember that from science in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's oh, true. Oh, it's not even high school science. Yeah, there, we, there we go. It's middle school science. Got it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, that's that right there on that front. And then we're running another 10K in two weeks as well. Oh, damn. Uh, that one I've run before. That's up in Richmond. Is it the crown? Uh, that is the... No, no, that's that's in September. Uh, this one is the Monument Avenue Richmond 10K. Yes. I've got a friend who lives up there, and uh, we do that every year. And that is, I've done that like five or six times at this point, and it's it's probably my favorite 10K. It's it's fantastic. Do you run by Monuments? Uh, so there is a street in the middle of Richmond, Virginia, which formerly was the capital of the Confederacy during the Civil War. And yes, there are basically, it's this really beautiful, really lined street. Portions of it are cobblestone, which kind of sucks to run on. Um, but there's a whole bunch of monuments um, along there. And do you remember in Richmond when they like had the whole thing about the Robert E. Lee statue being taken down and vandalized and all that stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's at the end of the Monument Avenue. That's like the final statue, which finally was taken down. Um, but yeah, it's the monuments. I could take it or leave it. But basically, it's just a very central street in uh, Richmond. It is pretty cool because literally, it's just like the start line goes. You turn left, you turn right, you run for three miles, and then you turn around, run for another three miles, and then the finish line is right there. So it's a very basic, basic easy course. There's not a lot of up and down. Um, but the best part is just the whole city comes out. It is like 33,000 runners, Oof. I believe. Um, and it's right on a very highly trafficked street. There's like a lot of frat houses and churches and just places that people come to. And because it's all a single straight line, everyone comes out out. And you are just constantly bombarded by signs and entertainments and <laughs> stuff the whole way through. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I do really like it. The whole city is basically alive and just it's fun to like run past it and like frat boys are handing out free beer uh. not part of the race or anything they're just free beer and then you run past a church and it's like the old ladies are handing out cookies and that sort of thing oh. it's 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 good stuff have you taken uh, a free beer yeah. before i have yes oh, nice, and nice. i've taken the cookies the cookie was a terrible idea the beer was a bad idea too but the cookie was even worse yeah because i was just like oh god oh god do you, do you um, save the beer for the cookie you can dip the cookie in the beer no, I actually, it was two separate occasions. Uh, the beer uh, people, I guess they were out of beer at some point. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a really, really fun race. I really, really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I think the one you were talking about was the Around the Crown, where basically it's another 10K down in Charlotte, North Carolina, where basically you, there's a highway that runs around the inner loop of the downtown area, and they shut down part of the highway, the uh, innermost lanes. Um, and then you get to basically start in the downtown area, run on down the ramp into the highway, run the highway, and then you close back on the ramp is, um, off the highway as well. So that's just a really cool race because it's just like, hey, you get to drive it and now you get to run it. That one sounds awesome. So, I can knock a line. That sounds really yeah, cool. It's a lot of fun. We should do it. Yeah, yeah. We should do it. I mean, I, I want to. Let's do it. Yeah, I have to travel to get there. But uh, I'll try to plan it. Yeah. The Crown 10K. Let's see. One is in 2023. September 3rd. Am Ooh. I going to be on vacation then? Uh, I booked my dates for a vacation. Yep, I will be in town. That is the week before we are leaving. So Ooh. possibly. Ooh, we'll have to talk about it offline. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's dive into Evil Dead. Before we do that, though, should we share that, that, that news you found out this morning? That our popularity, what news? how popular we are? That news I found. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so um, we did get an email that basically says we are 104th in the category TV and film Ukraine. So we have a, quite a few Ukrainian fans, I guess. So so much so or that one. we are one. just outside. We are just outside the top 100 in the category TV and film Ukraine. So our Ukrainian films uh, fans. Um, Thank you so much for listening. We hope that it's keeping your mind off all the shit that Putin is putting down there, and we support you and we love you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't know yeah. what else to say. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. It was just like kind of one of those things where I woke up and I was just like, okay, that's odd, but cool. I guess I appreciate it. Awesome. I mean, that, that can mean that maybe one person's listening to us. Who knows? Like, you know, uh, I, I was talking. Yeah. To, I mentioned my sister, and as a joke, I was like. What if it just happened to that one day that Putin went to Mario Pool and he's the one who's listening to us and then we're just, so we just feel really bad about ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> 
he's we'll see into uh, that one a little but you know people say that could be his double so who knows you know could have been his double maybe his doubles into it i don't know um but that's yeah that's that's the one negative thing um but also uh before we get into uh to talk about the movie i think we do need to talk about you know an upcoming remake and some news that's come out recently uh on a remake that's sure. coming out to a pretty old franchise uh you know that's had a had a reboot not too long ago um you know that we're all excited for um and that is uh, alien romulus obviously um so uh mm-hmm. alien romulus they said that they announced um some actors do you see that they announced two of the actresses i did not i that you you i get all of my alien oh news my god oh my god they announced two actresses and, and people are doing the same thing they did with prey where they're like ah oh, that's it's two girls are leading this movie uh and it's uh mm. the girl from um, pacific rim uprising uh and then um Kaylee Spaney uh, from uh, that Craft reboot. Uh, admittedly, mm-hmm. not, neither of them are great movies, uh, but I, I'm excited to see. You know, I'm, I'm glad they're still kind of going with the. You know, I feel like the aliens are kind of known for the female cast, so I'm glad they're going with that. Um, yeah. But I, I, there is a huge, not huge, but there's a another set of backlash that's just very similar to what happened with Prey. Um, so it's mm-hmm. insane. Uh, but you know, again, that movie's being directed by Fede Alvarez, who directed the um, the remake of Evil Dead. So you know. Good, good connection there. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, Wayne, to say that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, let's let's hop into this. Yeah, sounds good. Definitely. So you know, Evil Dead. Obviously, this has been one of the. It, it's never big as as it's never been as big as Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street or anything like. I was about to say Nightmare Before Christmas, and I was just like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> now Nightmare on Elm Street, all that stuff, but it's still it's. Evil Dead in the pop culture horror movie zeitgeist has always been known for two things. One, for being a very consistently good series. Two, for being very gory. And I guess three, in terms of it does horror comedy very, very well. Mm. Um, And even though the first one kind of started out as straight horror, the second definitely leaned a lot more into horror comedy. And by the time Army of Darkness rolled around, they they found their niche. Mm -hmm. Um, But even then, like the remake was full on horror. So (laughs) it's not afraid to kind of reinvent itself a little bit more. Yeah, I almost feel like... um... Like the, I almost kind of think of it as like one, one was one is kind of what the series is supposed to be, and then two and three were kind of appealing to the audience, and then uh, the remake and it looks like this new reboot are kind of a course correction back to what one was and being like that again, over the top gore. Because I, I think hmm? two was always what Sam Raimi wanted to do with one, hmm. but just now actually had a budget. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I just feel like, so. I feel like it's kind of like going back to alien, like you know, there's Alien, which was like this the kind of creepy horror, and there's Aliens, which was the sci-fi like. You know the the over the top guns and you know not really a horror as much as it's just kind of action and stuff and I feel like this is going back to Alien Three kind of did and then kind of Prometheus you know where they kind of tried to make it serious again not serious but take out the gun toting dudes but mm-hmm. and I will say I feel like the the impact this movie really has for people because like you know you mentioned like everyone knows Michael Myers' mask everyone knows um, you know Jason's uh, mask and Freddy's claws and everything. I do feel like this movie, like, even if the people haven't seen it, they know of a horror movie where a guy with a chainsaw for a hand takes things down. And, like, even Dexter's Lab made fun yes. of it. You know, I feel like I feel like that, that that is really in the culture. I feel like that that part is really cemented in kind of, I don't know, just that. A hundred percent, yes. Yeah, general culture of those movies. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you call yourself a horror fan and if you, you have not seen the Evil Dead franchise, I would definitely highly recommend checking all of these movies out. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's not a bad one in the bunch. They're all great oh, yeah. um, for different reasons, but they're all great. And really, just the biggest two things are the creators, uh, Sam Raimi, who was the original director, and his good friend Bruce Campbell, who basically had one of my favorite bromances in Hollywood <laughs> during this time. Like, Sam Raimi, obviously, he went on to direct Spider-Man. He went on to direct uh, all sorts of stuff as very, very famous, very prolific, very successful director. And yet he still, you know, tosses a bone to his buddy every now and then and say, hey, you want to play a part in Spider-Man by playing the Usher or <laughs> in the new Doctor Strange movie and stuff like that, too? Because the two of them, like, during the original Evil Dead, it really was. They were both very extreme, low-budget dudes, literally just, like, putting the camera on a plank and then just running through the woods to simulate a ghost or a specter or a deadite trying to, you know, possess or attack people. And that's what I love about these movies. The first one especially is, I, I don't know about you, but have you ever, when you, when you were a kid, did you ever, like, get a video camera and like try and make your own movies oh, and that sort of thing with groups of friends. Yeah. And that's, that's what the first movie reminds me of. It, it harkens back to that kind of just like enjoying making 
the, 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 the footage of just the, the experience of making a movie. Um, and that's why I've always loved these movies. It's just, they're fun. Mm-hmm. Like, even when they're scary, even when there's, you know, lots of gore on there, it's, they never forget that, yeah, the, the, the Evil Dead is supposed to be fun. And these are very, very fun horror movies. Absolutely. And I, I really like that you talked about, like, I think, like, like I don't know, I... I remember watching this. So I first got into this movie. Um, I, I, I saw um, Army of Darkness. I think it was the first time I saw it at a friend's house one night. Um, Same but, here, but, actually. Yeah. Really? Because I, I, I do think that is more yeah. entry level. I feel like it is more kind of like a fun throwback. Oh, definitely. Um, but like I like, like when I but then when I went back and watched, um, you know, the first one, it, it really like I, the buddy, my, my one of my best friends in high school. Um, uh, you know, we would always watch like terrible horror movies together. We made a bunch of dumb movies together. We would like you know buy like wooden swords and fight in the backyard and like videotape it or like you know we made like a fake horror movie for like a 24-hour film festival like that was kind of our relationship and i feel like knowing the production behind this um really just kind of jived with me and i feel like you know we like idol like he and i idolized bruce campbell we watched like everything he did man the screen brain um can't remember interceptor four or something like that i can't remember what the one is what it was the aliens like we we'd buy all the shitty dvds you know bubba hotep we had uh my name is bruce all mm-hmm. those things like idolize this man and like this and just we both owned copies of um if chin could kill uh, bruce campbell's uh i was about to say yes book. have you read that book oh my god i fucking love that okay book. so amazing it's so good okay so we, we gotta pause there so for a second yeah. talk about that book so yeah sam raimi bruce campbell they childhood friends they they really grown up together they've done a lot they broke into the industry together that sort of thing too um but bruce campbell did write an autobiography called if chins could kill which is the absolute perfect title for his autobiography that basically goes into the detail of him like you know in childhood with sam raimi and developing within the woods which was the semi prequel not even a prequel film but like a concept short film Mm -hmm. that eventually became the original evil dead um and just how they basically built these movies together. Um, they were talking a lot about how the Dead Eight technique, where the Deadites, the first person perspective, and all the yes. Evil Dead movies were like you see through the Deadite eyes, and you're going on down. That was literally they just put a plank, and then they stuck a two by four, and then they stuck a camera on top of it, and then each one of them got an either end, and then they just ran through the woods together. Amazing, like shit like that. Um, also, stuff too about how apparently, like the I, I can't remember if it was like. <laughs> syrup or something like that that they used to create the fake blood but yeah. apparently by the end of the first movie they're they completely sold out of like every single let's say it's syrup for right now syrup. basically they they completely i'm sorry it's was kara syrup kara syrup yeah basically every single grocery store in like a within a 500 mile radius was out of kara syrup because they couldn't just they bought it all basically um, and the original movie did cost uh, mm-hmm. $3,775, $375,000, which is a minuscule for a movie. Oh my um, but it, it really, again, these movies are fun. They're created with a lot of hearts. And you can tell that, you know, as much as you're enjoying these movies, they had a lot of fun making these movies as well. And, I, I think, and that really comes I, Honestly, I feel like that's like what, what really rings out to me the most about these movies is just the story behind them. Like Bruce Campbell, like that... If Chains Could Kill is such a good book because it's just like really like, like you so know, like good. you mentioned, it tells us all the story about them, but also just like how creative they were. Like, I feel like that's kind of to a degree lost nowadays. Like not, you know, I, I, like, you know, we see, um, you know, the Disney movies with the with the CG backgrounds and now the blue screen. Like, you know, you see when they made that new Spider-Man movie, you see the actors like, standing on like a completely blue mm-hmm. set, everything around them. But back then, like the stuff they create and these ideas, like like you know, like, like that the camera, like the shaky cam, like when they created the camera that like is just like, attached to a, a two by four, they'd shove through a window to break the glass, or like you know they, they or like when they like you know just basically use two by four to lift um, uh, Cheryl off the ground, like these very creative ideas um, that like you know the, the, again these guys are just fucking around. Like, these these were kids who would have like super eight cameras and would just play around with as kids and didn't even fucking like horror movies. They, they they stumbled onto the horror movie by accident when like one of their films that like uh, got like a the audience, the only audience reaction they got off a movie that was terrible was when this guy popped out of the back of a seat. Like that's, that's how they got into horror. They realized it was easy. They realized it was like something they could, they could do. Um, neither of them even like horror movies very much. They're not in, they're not like heavy metal guys or any of that kind of stuff. They're just these, they just, you know, realized what they could do. Um, and I think that's great. And it's like, I think I'm pretty sure that was the first script that I think Sam Raimi said he ever wrote. He said he never like had written a script prior to this. He just kind of like, you know, wrote scenes. And that was the first movie he really kind of sat down and had to write a script for. And it's like, you can tell, but it's so, it's not, it's not like nowadays where, I don't know, I feel like people can make amateur films really easily. Like to make in a movie like, you know, which again, we could say it's pretty amateur, the, the one that we got. 
they, you know, they, they bust their asses to do it. And they, I feel like you can just tell, I don't know, there, there's something you can, I don't know, there's something tangible in how much struggle they put into getting this movie and how much, like you said, how much fun they kind of had making it that I just don't see as often so, in like easy, the easy to produce films we have today. Yeah. So I do have a quote uh, from Bruce Campbell from that book, if Chins could tell that I think it captures what exactly what you were saying really, really well. So this is, this is the chin master himself saying, uh, people tend to make fun of low-budget movies because they often lack the smooth sophistication of a slick Hollywood fare. But what the average viewer fails to realize is that these low-budget movies, with almost nothing to lose, are far more likely to push the creative envelope. Granted, most of them fall flat on their face because of poor writing, choppy editing, and bad acting, but you have to love them for trying. Mm-hmm. And that that just really encapsulates to me. You, you said it very well, but it was just, yeah, I... I love these movies. It takes me back to my childhood when I was like recording these horror movies and <laughs> doing stuff with my friends as well. And just, yeah, good stuff. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Did you ever finish anything actually when you were a kid? Making them? Um, we did that. Our 24 hour film festival, we did. Um, I think we, we tried making a couple, but other than that, I think uh, ours, our 24 hour film festival, our idea was um, it was a horror movie about a. Um, uh, the killer was a member of the Red Cross and they were constantly calling you. Mm. Um, so, you know, they, they got a threat about, <laughs> um, you know, uh, about, yeah, about donating blood. So they come after you and kill you. Uh, but before they kill you, they'd ask you the questionnaire about like, have you been to this country? Have you done mm-hmm. this? Have you done that? <laughs> it was uh, it was really bad. <laughs> There's some very poor taste <laughs> 90s jokes uh, that did not did not land well. Um, and I'm pretty sure well, we, I, we didn't get well, I didn't mention mine. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mention mine for a reason. So that's why. <laughs> um, uh, but so, all right I, I guess i'm sorry i guess i gotta say that yeah so um this is for you dear viewers no I, i'm not proud of this but basically we had a horror movie where basically um and this was like we were fifth sixth grade that sort of thing too we had a uh, kid in our class who was a little bit more portly a little bigger than others and we filmed about i don't know maybe 10 scenes from this movie about uh like this godzilla styled horror movie uh kaiju's that sort of thing where it's the eric with that was his name and basically it was a lot of fat phobia and fat or not fat phobia but like fat jokes and that sort of thing too um so yeah, not proud of that. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in a long time, actually. I dare you. Um, but I do remember the memories of just like sitting down and you know being creative and coming up with like these jokes and scripts and that sort of thing too. And again, I was like twelve years old, so I was not I was not a nice kid then. But it was wow. just fun to be in creative process in that front. And then of course afterwards, we eventually you know grew up and got out of that. But um, Eric, Eric, if you're listening to this, I am very sorry that that was that was dumb of us. Uh, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Like, what was your first? So you said you said you also saw Army of Darkness, and that, that's obviously another episode. What was yes. your first impression of this movie after watching Army of Darkness? Uh, definitely much lower budget, um, much more serious with the horror. Um, also, too, I honestly I think. Okay, so I, I kind of want to back up and just kind of talk about my whole experience with the series. So all of these movies I watched in high school, um, and except for Evil Dead, right? Or Evil Dead, the remake when it came out, I saw that in theaters whenever it came out, which was two thousand six. Two thousand six. I'm too early. Is that uh, right? no? Two thousand thirteen. <laughs> wait, yeah, wait, way past that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, because we saw that in Korea together. Yeah, we did. So. Um, yeah, uh, so that's that right there. So basically, yeah, I saw Army of Darkness. I think it was on like Sci-Fi Channel or something like that, and I caught it with my brother. My brother was getting into horror, and like he had the book If Chins Could Kill, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll check that out too. And then we decided to watch the rest of the movies. Um, for some reason, he had the book, I think, before he actually had the movies, which is hilarious. Hmm. Uh, but I do remember watching the movie in the basement with my brother and uh, the second one as well. And definitely like this movie, it was kind of a little bit, lower budget um but at the same time it kind of had the same charm and a big part of that comes from bruce campbell like he just chews up the scenery he's has such a presence i'm not gonna say it's a good or a bad presence it's just a bruce campbell presence (laughs) and whenever i see him in a movie i'm always very happy to see him i'm just like yes it's bruce campbell love that guy um he just he plays ashley williams so well um I didn't realize his middle name was Joanna. Ashley Joanna Is Ash it? Williams, really? Oh, I know it was Ashley J. I That's never... what the Wikipedia said. Wait, one second. Joanna. 
Really? Uh, oh, yeah, no, apparently Ash versus the Evil Dead said his middle name, and it was Joanna. I think... Uh, How did I miss that? I probably remember that at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah. That seems pretty yeah. good. Uh, um, the good... Uh, the, yeah, the versus the Evil Dead is great, too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it just... Uh, Bruce Campbell is the heart of this series. Like, Sam Raimi definitely is fantastic but bruce is the heart of this series like that this series could not exist without bruce whoa whoa, uh, whoa. What, are you, what are you implying about i mean about 20, 2016 or whatever true 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 okay bruce walked so the uh, jane levy could run Let, we'll go. just say that there we go there we go uh-huh. okay. and she does fantastic oh, everything, but we're gonna have a whole episode about that uh, okay anyway uh so how about you when did you get first introduced to army of darkness yeah, so and what was your impression in terms of the back and forth so yeah so like i i saw army of darkness um one of my buddies in uh must be middle school um his his older brother was like a cool anime like he, he was a cool nerd but at the time i didn't i didn't really know he was a nerd i didn't like know what that was uh i just knew he was an older brother and he had like, all the anime and stuff and star trek he's super nerd and he had the boomstick edition which was the the DVD release that had the theatrical and the, um, uh, what do you call the original director's cut edition of it, uh, Farmer's Darkness. So we watched that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on. All the context I got was from that opening where they're like, uh, you know, Legend has it, written by the Dark Ones, Never Come Around, Ex Mortis. And I like, I remembered all that. I had that intro was like ingrained in my mind. But, um, so I told my buddy, uh, who has like, uh, really good friends that always watch horror movies about it. So he and I watched Army of Darkness again first, and then we went back and watched Evil Dead. And I was, like, not ready for how, like, like I think Evil Dead is one of those few kind of franchises that, like, I, I, I know that Evil Dead 2, I know that Army of Darkness are very much comedies. But I will say 1 and Remake are the few movies that kind of make me squirm a bit. Um, yes. And I, that, the, I just remember the fucking pencil scene. And we can talk about that later. The pencil scene, and again, he, me and him are, are you know, we watch a lot of horror movies. We're really into it. We watch a lot of crappy horror movies and stuff. So we didn't really notice the quality much. But when that scene happened, we both, like, like we didn't throw up, but it was that same like, oh my god! Like, like we like had to turn off the movie for a second. And, like what the fuck mm-hmm. just happened? Because like, oh, Achilles tendon always gets me, and that was that was that's a prime Achilles tendon. Uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm not looking forward to the tongue scene in the remake. Absolutely not. Oh, oh god, the tongue scene. Yeah. Oh, and the was, yes. like and the needle scene. Like there's 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 a lot of yeah. great scenes, but like I, but it's almost like but I'm seeing I'm seeing the same thing with this new trailer with Evil Dead Rise. There's so many scenes where I'm like oh fuck I don't want to see that like like I'm I'm excited for the movie. <laughs> I'm like Jesus fucking Christ. Um, do I do I do I dare uh, not do I dare but how uncomfortable will I be? Um, but that that's what the first one really got to me, and that's why I kind of always like feel like that is like a I, I don't know. Uh, it's why I was kind of like appreciate what the remake did and what it looks like this new one's doing of kind of bringing it back to that horror because that's really what kind of Evil um, Army of Darkness was my first entry into the series, but that's really what got me like mm-hmm. scared, not scared, but you know, like into it. Um, and so I, yeah, and Army of yeah. Darkness is by far the most tamest out of all of oh, them. Absolutely. Like, and my my wife is not a horror movie fan at all, but she was just like, oh, I probably should see one of these Evil Dead movies because you're talking about it so much, and you named your podcast after it. And I'm just like, well, there's exactly one movie that you would be okay watching. She'd probably be fine, and with, we're gonna watch it. She might be fine with two. She's she's pretty tame. Yeah, yeah, I guess. No, it, it too, too does have its moments, but I just like she cannot handle Gorf. That's why, hmm. like Army of Darkness, even was a little bit too much. But Bruce Campbell body battling little Bruce Campbells is perfect. So it's good stuff. So and it, it's worth it. And you know, I, I know we're talking about both movies, but I feel like we should probably go them to a little sequentially to, to a degree. And what we're kind of doing. Um, what do you think of Bruce in this movie or uh, Ash in this movie? In the first one. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely he's, like, younger. He is kind of, I mean, it, it kind of gives you the impression that he is a, um, I'm sorry, I just got text and I was just kind of interrupted from it. Um, no, he definitely can tell that he's a younger Bruce Campbell. He's not as experienced with acting. Like, Bruce Campbell, he's never been a amazing actor. Again, I wouldn't say he's a good actor. I wouldn't say he's a bad actor. But he plays one person, Bruce Campbell, and he acts the hell out of Bruce Campbell. And I will show up on day one for anything he does on that front. (laughs) But here you can definitely tell he's kind of like getting into his vibe, getting into his groove, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you talking more about the character or? Both. Like like, like the character of Ash in this movie, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So because of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So with... Ashley Williams, and this is something I was noticing, I was kind of hoping to talk about at some point, because this is, I mean, all 
films kind of figure out and relive and kind of grow into themselves and that sort of thing as well. And they find their um, vibe. But basically, for Ashley Williams, in the first movie, well, no. In the later movies, for Ash versus the uh, yeah, Ash versus the Evil Dead TV series, which is the very last appearance by Ashley Williams, he has fall grown into Ash is dumb. He is terrible at everything except slaying deadites. And that is the only thing he's good at. And that's what makes him so lovable. Because, like, he's scrappy. He's like, okay, he fails at everything. He's so dumb. He usually, everything bad that happens, for the most part, is his own accidental um, creation. Like, in Ash vs. the Evil Dead, he accidentally summons the Deadites again <laughs> for the stupidest possible reason that I won't spoil. But it's, it's fantastic and so on brand. Um, but that is one thing I was noticing as I was watching this movie. They hadn't quite got the... Ash is a stupid character done just yet. He's played very much as a straight man in the very first movie, and it's not until the second movie, and especially the third movie, that really it kind of goes into Ash is just dumb. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about him. He's just like, he's so dumb, but he's so good at what he does. He's like a savant with just killing deadites as a thing. I agree. Like, I, but I actually really like Ash. Like, like, this is kind of like where I almost think this is Ashley. Like, you know, this Ash and there's Ashley. Like, Ash is like our gun-toting you know, Kurt Russell character, and then Ashley is, like, this normal dude. Because I feel like, like, and I feel like this is, like, where I really kind of see Bruce Campbell trying to act. Like, I don't know, like, him and Cheryl's, like, relationship's kind of sweet, and, like, there's this little, like, kind of moments where he, like, you know, pretends to, like, um, you know, like, the, the, the weird thing where he's closing his eyes, pretends to be asleep while she's there, or, like, I don't know, I just found him, like, a very normal dude in this one. And I kind of liked it. Like, I, I almost feel like because in this movie, one of my rewatch, I also realized how much of a fucking dick Scotty is in this movie. Scotty's a fucking asshole. Uh, but oh, like, yeah. I feel like in this movie, there's good Ash and there's asshole Scott, Scotty. And in the sequel, I feel like they're kind of combined into one character. But I really kind of like that Ash in this one is just kind of like a normal dude. Because I feel like it makes him more, you know, I think it adds to that horror where he's not a gun-toting, mm -hmm. you know, guy. He, like, even with his girlfriend, he's not like, in two, he's, you know, joking around. He's like, you know, I'm a man, you're he's a woman yeah. and stuff. But in this one, he's like shy to give her a present. He's like, you know, he's the guy who gets... Uh, who gets hit with a sleeping bag when they're tossing him out of the car and goes, like, oof, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like he's, I don't uh -huh. know, I, I really kind of, it was nice to see that because I don't know about you, but I kind of, I've come to terms with the fact, especially by the end of Ash vs. Evil Dead, that Ash is a piece of shit. <laughs> and like, yes, it's, 100%. It's, it's nice to see like OG Ash is like a nice dude. And like, I think even in Ash, in um, Army, in, uh, sorry, in Evil Dead 2, I think he is a more understandable character. I think he is a more traditional action hero. Um, but then, you know, by then Army of Darkness, to, you know, turns and turns the dial up, you know, past when you, when you go past uh, competent action star, you get to fucking an idiot. And that's kind of what where uh, Army of Darkness goes and then Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, and I think, like, this is kind of where Ash is still a redeemable good character. And, you know, again, even I think, too, he is a bit more. But um, I, I was, it was nice to see that. It's always like, a nice, refreshing thing to see. Because I do think that, kind of, I don't know, for you, but but by the end of Evil Ash vs. Evil Dead, I kind of, like, am a little bit done with Ash as, like, a a gimmick I want him to develop and he kind of always backslides. So it's nice to kind of, you know, every time you get to that point, it's just to refresh back and see where he was. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the hard thing about continuing after this series. And that's why I'm glad that they're kind of going into different characters at this point, because yeah, Ash, you can't change it. Like Ash having character development and kind of growing and learning from his mistakes. That's just, that's not him. That's, that's not, how it goes i i just personally don't see that being very interesting yeah. honestly because that's what i love about him is just he is dumb he is lovably dumb but at the same time he is kind of a piece of shit because i remember um i actually took my wife to evil dead the musical back in october um a local theater production was um doing it and um again she had only ever seen army of darkness beforehand and she left and she was just like wow everyone in that movie was and that musical was super hateable and i'm like yeah that's how people that usually is oh yeah so but i will say yeah. you know what on this watch through who really shined for me um was cheryl i was like oh shit you're like smart like she's like mm -hmm. you guys fucking shit's going on we need to fucking leave <laughs> and they're like no no we're good she's like no 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 there's there's something going on we should leave. And like, ah, no wonder the trees get you first. You're the smart one. And they're like, get, guys, get her, get her. <laughs> like, uh, mm -hmm. it, it's crazy how like, uh, I, I don't know. I always kind of, 
I think that especially the musical kind of paints that idea of her as the prude, <laughs> like you know. And this one, yeah. oh no, she's the smart one. That's that's what this is. Oh yeah, now the musical flanderizes the characters to like the tenth degree. It is <laughs> definitely ridiculous. But, well, I feel like there's yeah. there's they, that, and I feel like also Ash's redeemable character has he listens to her. He's like like when she gets uh-huh. when she gets attacked, he's like yeah, my, my sister's hurt. Let's let's get out of here. You know, like I thought that was um, I don't know. Again, not like I think I think the musical kind of you know paints my image a little bit. You know, in the later series, it really kind of paints that in retrospect for me a little bit differently uh but it's, it's again it's nice to see that refreshing mm-hmm. part um yeah yeah and this is one of those series too i guess it was kind of interesting going back to the very first one because we have this perception of ash not only from the movies that we've seen but just from what people talk about because ash is a very consistently talked about character and people love or hate ash for well i don't think anyone hates ash but <laughs> everyone loves ash for different reasons but it, it's just there there's the ash that actually exists in the movie and then there's the ash in terms of what the cultural perspective is, what what just the zeitgeist is on that front. And it's interesting to see the dichotomy between the two. Well, because I feel like Ash became Bruce Campbell. Or I, I, do you think Ash became Bruce Campbell or Bruce Campbell became Ash? Mm, I think it's a symbiotic relationship. It, it, I, 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 I don't same. think you can pry the two apart. Yeah, I do. I do feel like that's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it's what that movie uh, My Name is Bruce is about, right? It's about how, like, people think that he's this action hero. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I feel like, it, you know, I, I could I could see a straight galaxy quest with him, you know, <laughs> uh, him oh, versus yeah. demons. And again. he would he would love that. Oh, he would. Yeah, he'd be, yeah. I totally forgot about My Name is Bruce. Oh, my God. I, forgot about my... I did see that on Netflix a while ago, ah, but so, I so somehow forgot about it. So good. Well, actually, really oh, bad. It is good. But like, <laughs> 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 it's good in a bad way. Yeah, it's bad in a good way. Um, One of the two. It, it's It's a movie. <laughs> It's a Bruce Campbell. <laughs> and then, you know, I think we'd be uh, remiss in talking about the first one without talking about uh, the tree scene. Um, yeah, yeah. That one is always, uh, you know, always, I think, uh, a talking point for the movie. Uh, I, I do know that um, Sam Raimi has come out since then and been like, yeah, it was a mistake. You know, he's like, we were kind of juvenile. We were trying to be kind of shocking. Um, and we, mm-hmm. we did it. It wasn't even in the script. It was just kind of like she gets stacked by trees. So... They all kind of dial that back. They're like, yeah, if we were doing this now, we wouldn't have done that, um, you know. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I always go back and forth because it is a truly horrifying scene, and I get what they're trying to imply, which is that, you know, the evil is getting inside of her. There are better ways to do it. I do think that, I think Literally, the remake adapts yeah. that better. Mm-hmm. I think the remake does that a little bit more interestingly. Um, and I'm glad yeah, that they avoided that. Yeah, and I guess, I guess that's kind of a thing as well in terms of... Um... I don't know, just, I've read a lot of discussions online about just, like, sexual assault in horror movies and, you know, when, how much should be, you know, effective for a movie? Should it be included at all? And that's always a big point of contention back and forth on that front. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, you've got movies like, you know, I Spit on Your Grave or uh, Last Task on the Left where, like, the rape scene is a critical part of the plot and is kind of the inciting incident or a huge, huge moment in it. And then even stuff like Irreversible, which is not a horror movie but does have that very horrifying scene at the very beginning, um, you know, obviously on that front. But at the same time, too, it's just like, what is the purpose of this movie? Is it here to, are you here to have fun? Are you here to tell a statement? Are you here to make your audience uncomfortable? Like, Again, there's a very, very different, big difference between, you know, going to Evil Dead to be like, oh, God, it's so gory, but it's so fun to watch. And something like Midsummer or uh, Hereditary, which is just <laughs> you are like wide eyed stared at the very end, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no, the tree scene, definitely it's it, in, if you haven't, I don't, I don't know why you're still listening to this podcast. If you <laughs> haven't seen Evil Dead movies, please watch them. Um, but yeah, there is there is a tree rape scene at the very beginning of the first movie, and it's 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 definitely a little bit weird. So yeah. out of place, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, well, I think I think actually that was a good way to kind of mention it, where it seemed like almost like midsummery in terms of like it was like shocking, like what the fuck, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and you know it's shocking, but not in the, not in the same way as Pencil Stab, where Pencil Stab is oh gross. It's like a this seems like it's a different thing. Like this seems like it's, you know, um, you know, again, you know, I'm glad that, you know, Stan Raimi and them were able to reflect and make, yeah, not the greatest idea. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like, it's clear what's going on in the scene and it's clear what, what and like, but, you know, it could have been done differently. Um, but again, I, I like, like you, like, you know, the shock and like the movie gang attention is part of what they're trying to do at the time. So a part of, at the same time, like as much as we say that part of what they were trying to do was to, you know, get somebody's attention through shock and through kind of, a different type of gore, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that not not like saying it's okay, but like, you know, we'd see what they're doing there. Um, but and I do like, but I like that you know. So in um, kind of you know, in Evil Dead Two, they kind of copy it 
to a degree. They, they start to copy it when um, Billy Joe gets uh, attacked, or Bobby Joe, sorry. Um, and I actually thought it was more disturbing. To, to, not not more disturbing, but um, in in Cheryl's case, she gets tied down and unfortunately and accosted. Um, and then in uh, two, Bobby Joe gets like the the twigs that go into her face and like start like, digging under her skin and then pull her like mm-hmm. kill her. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I thought that was really uh, you know kind of showing what they would have done. I mean, I, I feel like that was a course correction. You know, that was them kind of like, yep, yeah. we realized we fucked up. Here's how we should have done it. Um, so. Yeah, and honestly, like, that actually brings me to my next question I want to ask you. Which one do you like better, Evil Dead 1 or Evil Dead 2? And just for the audience members, once again, if you haven't seen these movies, we haven't even talked about the plot yet. Oh, my God. Oh God yeah, oh, Dan, Dan, yeah, rewind. Dan, tell me, what is the plot without singing the opening song to the musical? What is the plot to uh, Evil Dead? It's your standard cabin in the woods story. A group of friends get together, go to a cabin in the woods. They find a book of the dead, the Necronomicon, which is uh, bound with human flesh and inked with human blood. The book gets read uh, for certain different reasons, depending on which movie or mythos we're watching. And deadites, who are basically demons that can possess other people and other things, um, start attacking the people, uh, the our protagonist. And that's pretty much it. That's the same for both movies. Evil Dead 1 um, deals basically with Ash, his girlfriend, and his friends. Evil Dead 2 is almost a quasi-remake. It's, it's uh, so they do requel. something interesting. And it, yeah, it's the original requel. That's actually a good part of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, um, what they do is they do a little recap at the very beginning of Evil Dead 2, but you quickly realize, hey, wait a second, that's not exactly how the things went down in the first movie. I mean, the same story beats are there. Ash is there in the cabin with his girlfriend and his friends. The book gets opened. However, things change a little bit. Um, But the sequel also gets into territories of one of the researchers of the Book of the Dead. Uh, His daughter um, is basically tracking the researcher's footsteps and ends up at the cabin as well with a few other people, including like a local guide and that sort of thing. Uh, The characters are definitely a little bit more developed in the second movie. But it does feel like Sam Raimi was just like, well, I don't want to do a full-on remake. Uh, I don't want to do a full-on sequel. But I also don't want to do a full-on remake as well. So we're just going to kind of do the requel sort of thing. We're basically, we're just doing this again. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the reason- so it does feel like a duo-er movie. Yeah. Well, but and- yes, which one? Okay. But I was saying, so the- no, go ahead. And the, and the reason for that is because they didn't actually have rights to the movie. So they, they made the first one. And then basically, um, <coughs> and actually, I, I learned this from listening to, um, well, I, I already knew this. But then I heard a new rephrasing of it, actually, from Bruce Campbell himself. Uh, he did a, uh, a commentary uh, that was released a little while ago, where he talks about how um, basically, yeah, they didn't have rights to the first one, um, and after kind of failing with their movie after this, which was actually with the Coens, uh, Crime Wave, um, they went back and wanted to make a sequel. They're like, okay, so at the end of Evil Dead One, Ash gets attacked by by the evil, and you know, it's assumed he's dead. But like, well, what if he didn't die? But they couldn't make a sequel because they didn't have rights to it. Um, so they what they did is they they decided to, as Dan mentioned, recap it. Um, so it so it is actually a sequel, um, and it, Bruce Campbell Bruce Campbell says like this is a direct sequel. You just basically have to cut the part where Ash gets attacked by the evil at the end of Evil Dead One, and then splice that in with where Ash gets attacked by Evil Dead Two, uh, where he gets attacked by the evil, and then just kind of and that that's it. So he, like it it is a sequel. It's just that they didn't have rights to the, for the original, so they had to recap the original in the beginning of the sequel, uh, which is mm-hmm. insane. <laughs> but also yeah, they could get rid of characters yeah. like Scotty, like Cheryl, um, like Shelley. Um, so they're not they're not in it, but theoretically they should be in it, um, which is why the musical is great because mm-hmm. the musical combines the two of them into one cohesive story. Um, yes, definitely. The musical is fantastic. I I love it. Um, they have splash on tickets to a musical. Like <laughs> you you can't you can't get any better than that. Like I was purchasing them and I was just like, do I want splash on tickets? Oh hell yes I do. <laughs> so it's great. Um, but yeah, wh- which one do you like better? Like the first one or the second one? Um, so it's hard. I, there, there's different movies to me. Like I if. <clears throat> If I was looking for a horror movie, I would say the first one. If I was looking for like a fun time, the second one. Like I, I just think they're different, you know. It's like again, it's like the Alien Aliens thing. I don't love Aliens. I think Aliens is overrated, but it's that same kind of idea where it's like one is more of an action movie and one of them is more of a. Like I've never been scared by Evil Dead Two, but Evil Dead One has creeped me out, and I look away. Mm-hmm. I, like I want to look away every time the fucking pencil comes out. <laughs> like there's a, there's a suspense and like a grossness to Evil Dead One that even though Evil Dead Two is bloody and gross. I feel like Evil Dead One, there's that claymation, and everything. You know, it's just there's something there's something different about it that uh, I don't know. I, I can't like I I think I like Evil Dead Two more just because I'll watch it more often, but it's just because I but I don't like 
consider them comparable as much. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think like objectively Evil Dead 2 is the better produced, better written, better just creative stuff. I love how Evil Dead 2 like starts just from crazy and then just keeps there's there's no build up oh, in no. Evil Dead 2. Like you do the recap and then bam, now it's Bruce Campbell being attacked by the Deadites and it doesn't let up the entire movie. Yeah. And that's another reason why I love these movies as well, is just the Deadites have no like distinct powers it's just they can possess animate uh, inanimate objects they can alter reality they can change stuff around like you're never 100 percent sure you know who's possessed who's not possessed what's going to change now like you know the, the clocks could start bleeding or the, the the deer mounted on the wall could start <laughs> talking and laughing at you and shit like that it's so good it's very creative and that's what, part of what makes these movies so fun mm. is just you know, it's almost like in these movies, I mean, obviously it came way before the Saw franchise, but the biggest reason why people go see Saw is one, because there's usually a twist at the end and people are just like, ooh, twist. But two, it's the gore. Like people are excited to see, you know, what creative ways can they kill off our protagonist or antagonist or whoever it is in the Saw movies. That's the main draw of these movies. And the Saw movies at the very least. Um, but Evil Dead, a big draw to me is along with, you know, all the other stuff we talked about, like Bruce Campbell being Bruce Campbell, is just like, what are the Deadites going to do now? What what fucked up shit can they start projecting? What weird stuff is going to start happening? Um, how are they going to utilize it? That sort of thing. It's it's good stuff. And I, and I always, like, I always love, like, I'm assuming this is Sam Raimi, because it's true in his um, Drag Me to Hell movie as well, but I love his interpretation of demons. Because like, it, it kind of almost reminds me of the 38 Days of Nights version of Vampires, where, like, I feel like, you know, we have the, like, I don't like The Exorcist. I don't, I don't like any of those kind of movies where the person just fucking, where the demon just sits there and is like, I'm Pazuzu and I'm fucking evil. And you're like, all right, cool, but what are you doing? Like, what is your goal? And they're like, I want the child's body. Like, in this one, they're like, no, no, these are demons. These are, like, torturing souls. They fucking live for torturing you. Like, that's their jam. So they're going to fuck with you. They're not just going to fucking kill you. They're going to fuck with you and mess with you and do things to manipulate mm-hmm. you and make you have a shitty time because this is, like, the only chance they really get to kind of fuck around with somebody. You know, like, I, I, like, you know, that's true malevolence, right? Like, they're, they want to fuck with Ash. They want to, like, bring his girlfriend back to life and then have her, like, go back and forth between being, like, his nice what or the nice girl he loves, Linda, and then also crazy demon who's, like, yo, fuck you. Or, like, when, when Scotty's killing his girlfriend who's possessed, the other demon's, like, oh, you love her. Don't do this. You love her. Like, it's, it's those, like, back and forth of just, like, you know, like, fucking, like, cat calling and, like, jeering at you. Like, that's... To me, that's just like, such a fun way for like demons to behave because it's not you know like it's, it's I I don't know it, it seems if these are like human like characters like, you know like, in a in a horror movie well, I guess in a horror movie but like you know villains in other movies a well developed characters usually somebody has motivation you know or like, has a character to them they're not just a force of evil right so like I like that all these the evil in this has a personality and it's like you know it's like a Freddy Krueger but a Freddy Krueger had like infinite power <laughs> like I love it mm-hmm. like oh well, I guess you know later Freddy Krueger not really Freddy Krueger. Yeah, and the best part is, you know, once Ash becomes a badass and starts fighting up against him, like, he's the exact same way as well. He just, like, is talking back to them and, you know, making jokes and cracking and saying groovy and shit like that. Like, again, it's the fun Hmm. of it all. It's fun to watch the characters be tormented at the same time, too. It's fun to watch the tables being turned. Hmm. Um, Actually, that's a really good thing to point out. Like, I I never really thought about it, but I like that, that, like, Ash is kind of so broken that it works with him. Like, everybody else is like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But he's, like, the one guy who's just kind of like, yeah, fuck it, and just, like, goes with it. He's, like, you know, uh, he just kind of, he plays with it. Uh, and that, that's a really good observation. I, I got, yeah, I never yeah, thought about this, that. <laughs> the scene in Evil Dead 2 where Ash just goes absolutely crazy and just starts laughing over and over and over again. Oh, it's and dancing next to it, the, the light as it goes up and down. <laughs> fucking love that scene. Yes. That's just peak <laughs> Bruce Campbell and... Yeah, Ash is having just as much fun finding these Deadites as anything else. Um, and it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, right, so I think we've moved on from one completely at this point. Uh, so any... any I think so. I was, I've been talking about both. Yeah, yeah, so I don't yeah. know about you. Yeah, I, I've, 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 I've been trying to keep it stable, but it's, it's so hard. Because like, I think in there, they, they are a cohesive story. Um, they are. So I'm trying to think. Um, oh, I completely and utterly forgot that at the end of Evil Dead 1, other than the Great Claymation... I forgot the fucking hands come out of everybody's chest and shit, and, like, demons are coming out of them yep. at the end. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about that scene. That's That that baffles me every time that happens. I, 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 I remember being shocked by it in the past, rewatching it, and being like, oh, fuck. These demons are coming out of here. Um, 
I, I know. I love that, that claymation scene. Uh, I love the ending in there. Um, but what would you say? So, you know, back on number two, what would you, what, what, uh, what are some standout scenes for number two? I know we talked about the, the, the pencil and the, um, wood from, from one. What, what stands out to you number two? Uh, the eyeball down the throat. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that's just like, that's, that, that's just perfectly evil dead. Cause it's slapstick at the same time. It's gross at the same time. It's horrifying at the same time you're laughing at it. Cause it's just so ridiculous. Like the the scene those of you who haven't seen it once again watch it uh, but basically there there's this demon who's like they're trying to keep them out there's like a latch on the floor which is another iconic scene from the series but basically this deadite is trying to like escape from down this latch in the floor it's like a hatch like a storm cellar hatch sort of thing that's flush with the floor and basically our two protagonists are sitting on top of it and the demon's trying to push up and they basically squash the deadite's hand uh, <laughs> um head and then the eye like flies out like wily e. coyote looney stone style and then goes down the mouth of one of our protagonists oh, and it's just it's it's so gross but it's so hilarious at the same time and that's just it perf that perfectly captures the feel of evil dead it's so weird that she swallows it because <laughs> like yeah I was kinda, like, wonder, like, there's an audible like as she swallows it and like, fuck bobby joe <laughs> like what are you doing i also love that, that you uh you call good, reli- good old reliable Jake a protagonist. I mean, but the thing is, that's like when I when it happened, I, cause I always remember that Bobby Joe goes out in the woods and I'm like, oh, does she get possessed? Because she swallowed the fucking eye. <laughs> she, like, other people get possessed by being scratched and shit. And she swallows the eye of um, of her, her dead mother. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and that And that's that another thing, her. too, about these that's movies. Like, there, there really isn't. There really isn't any like rule against you know what gets you possessed. I, I I guess the biggest thing is just like, well I don't know what does get you possessed in the movie because it's not like mental stability because Ash goes completely crazy at the end. Um, so in the first movie it's being still... scratched or being like being invaded somehow. So like being penetrated by the tree, being penetrated by um, the pencil, being penetrated by um, the claws. Those are what possess people. So it's like it's being scratched by them. It's like an infection. But then yeah again Bobby Joe swallows an eye and doesn't get possessed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, which is, but you know, maybe that doesn't count because you know, maybe you know, it didn't, didn't, it didn't penetrate her. It didn't cut into her, right? She, she swallowed it. It's maybe just, just di- digest. I guess maybe the eye is technically still her, uh, the other girl's mother's eye. I don't know. The Nobi. Yeah, Nobi. and it wasn't intentional to get scratched. It was just kind of like a byproduct of just like, oh, she was just standing there. Um, maybe she defeated yeah. the evil in that moment, or maybe if she was being possessed. But again, it. it yeah, but again, it was kind of one of those things, too, where it's just like there really aren't any set rules to it. And I don't think so. It's just whatever makes the movie more fun at that point, because it's not this movie is not supposed to be taken seriously. It's not supposed to be like a oh, this this is based on a true story sort of thing. No, it's it, it, it knows it's ridiculous to start off with and it continues being ridiculous the whole time. Speaking of ridiculous, so. the blood in this movie uh, when. Um, oh, God, when yes. Go reliable Jake gets pulled into the uh, into the fruit cellar and there's the fucking fountain yes. of blood. <laughs> Or, so good. Oh, dude. Or, or in the hand. Remember when, when the, the, he shoots the hand? So uh, when Ash cuts off his hand, it, you know, comes alive and runs around. And he shoots it. And he thinks he kills it. And he goes to look in the hole. And, like, a fucking, like, fire hose of blood sprays in his face. It's, like, those are those, those great, like, fucked up moments. Like, look at it. It's comedic. But it's just, like, imagine that was real. Uh-huh. Like, imagine that you actually, like, you just got doused with blood from fucking, like, you know, like, insane. Um, uh, so good. Good stuff. I think, uh... Yeah, doesn't doesn't the remake have like the world record for like the most amount of fake blood used in a movie? Well, it's over it rains, six thousand five hundred liters of fake blood. Yeah, it rains yeah. Blood at the end. But they do. Yeah, there's there's so much though. Uh-huh. The, uh huh. So yeah, in the remake we get to see the evil, but in this movie we see the evil as well, which I always forget we see the evil at the end of this movie. Um, well, we, we see it given shape, right? So in in the movie, it's always kind of implied um, in the TV series as well. The evil is kind of like. Uh, not exactly, like maybe possibly like a dark fog, like in Lost, or possibly just like a thing that's kind of floats there, like a, a presence of sorts. Um, and people, which always makes me surprised that people are afraid of it because you know they know it's coming. But in this movie, at the end, we actually see the evil, which I always kind of take as the hands at the end of the first one. Uh, what did you think of its mm-hmm. design? The the weird head. I don't know what you call. It. <laughs> what was it? Like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, again, they had a little bit more of a budget, but they didn't have quite the amount of budget um, to make it look good hmm. i guess um yeah it, it was fine it was inoffensive to me honestly i have no strong feelings one way or the other towards it do you think so, it was necessary how about you? like I, I i get it's necessary for the for the plot but do you think that we needed to see it did you want to see it not particularly no but at the same time too these types of movies like i don't fully believe that it could be like the final form or the evil or anything like that um 
it could be something else. It could be another way the Deadites fucking with him. Because, like, th- these movies, you can ne- you never know what's truthful or not. That is true. I will, we can get to it. I, I really like the way they did it in, in the remake. I thought that was that was interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, that, that's... that I Because it's weird, because they say that, they, you know, they, they, I guess they force it into a human form, so or enter into a flesh form. So I wonder if that's naturally what it looks like or if that's just kind of what it became when they, when they made it, you know? Because um, then in, you know, in Evil Dead, in Ash vs. Evil Dead, uh, there are, there's the, the Dark Ones and them are kind of like a different thing. Uh, so I wonder if that's like a natural shape for it, if that's just kind of how it, what it became when they, you know, when it was perverted like that. Because um, mm-hmm. I know, in the, I'm pretty sure within the woods, it's like an Indian burial ground. It's not even the evil. It's like, it's just like, it's like, you know, it's, it's a fucking poltergeist, essentially. <laughs> um, I believe in, mm-hmm. in the first one. Or sorry, in, in, in within the woods. Um, so I, I wonder if this was kind of just like a, you know, you, you wrote yourself into a corner, so this is how we're going to take him down. So it has to be got put in there. Because um, that really is my only complaint about this movie, really, is the is that because um, I, I always forget about it too just like the hands at the end I, I just kind of blank out images of the monster at the end of these movies because I always forget about that until yeah. it happens like, oh I guess they did say it has to give it has to take shape so uh, there it is <laughs> um, mm-hmm. how about though one, one scene that always sticks out to me from Evil Dead 2 is the uh, Linda dancing scene at the very beginning of the movie the stop motion like the oh, head yeah. back and forth that is that is mesmerizing I love that scene yes. and it, it's it's just fun <laughs> yeah well it, it's so it's so creepy but again it, it's that it's that it's that them fucking with him thing right because that is, there's mm-hmm. no reason for that to happen other than it knows that he's watching uh which is just it's mm-hmm. so good um oh and oh my god i love um so in, in the first movie we get we get we get the chainsaw shown which i think is a, a fun callback so in the first movie he takes linda's body out to go chainsaw it he pulls the curtain back grows, goes to grab the chainsaw and you know is gonna kill her with it Apparently, it, is, it was a real chainsaw, too. So, like, the actress Linda really had to lay there while he had the chainsaw. Oh, um, but he ends up not using it because, you know, he's like, ah, can't, I can't do this. So he buries her instead. In this one, he goes for the chainsaw, and it's gone because <laughs> he cuts off her head uh, with the, with the, um, the shovel. Uh, and I love it because he, he goes to do it. He turns around. Chainsaw's not there, and her body comes running out. And he just, like, smacks it up, and it falls back into the head and cuts through it. Like, so good. What, what a great scene. Um, I love that so much. That was, uh, and it's great because it's a callback to the first one. Because you know, if you watch the first one, you're like, "Oh, the chainsaw's right up there." So he pulls it up, and even he's like, "Chainsaw." <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> like it's all again. It's almost like he has memories of the previous film because he he you know he he recalls that that's what's there. Um, oh, that was awesome. Yep, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, honestly, we cannot recommend Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two enough. They are probably some of the best horror comedy out there um and just fun like it is probably the most fun you'll ever watch with a horror movie and they're classics they're they're fantastic yeah they're really uh, but yeah any final thoughts on evil dead one and two uh one and two i mean again like you said i think they're i think they're great movies i think they're classics i cannot recommend them enough and i i do feel like they are kind of like I, people keep calling them cult classic which it, it seems so weird to say that because i feel like anybody in the horror community knows them knows it but I, I do think that you know like i was saying in the beginning even though the chainsaw arm guy might be you know permeated culture i don't think it's as um you know i, I don't think it has the same uh fan base as um as like halloween as uh elm street does um so you know for people who haven't seen it yet and people who are you know especially because i think a lot of people might go see evil dead rise not quite knowing what it is like a younger generation i think that you know obviously most people who listen to this probably already know what it is um but if you haven't seen it you absolutely should um and actually so i meant to ask you how did you watch it this this time around uh so this time around i believe i purchased them on amazon prime i don't own them but i also don't really own any dvds anymore so that's probably why uh how about you so you i a while ago i splurged i don't know if as much as splurged camera should cost but i bought like the evil dead groovy edition which is like this fancy ass box that has um, Evil Dead One and Two, Four K, like Ultra HD, uh, mm. and uh, also has Evil Dead uh, Ash vs Evil Dead One, Two, One through Three seasons. It didn't have the remake or Army of Darkness. I don't know, don't know what the what the deal was with that. Um, but I will say, so I watching, so I've always watched like you know DVDs in the past of it. I don't think I've written a Blu-ray prior. Prior, I can't speak today. Um, but the 4K remaster, whatever they call it, is insane because I don't like. I almost don't like it because it's too clean. Like, there's not the grain that comes with it, so it's very mm-hmm. like. It really, I really realized how much of like on a budget it was. 
Um, but again, I think the acting is that everything still holds up. But it's really, I almost would suggest staying away from ultra HD versions of these movies. H, uh, two didn't bother me as much, but one really bothered me. Um, losing mm-hmm. that film grain and losing some of the, I don't know, the rough around the edges parts of it. Um, it really, I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. I actually, um, I went back and watched it again on, I, I put it on the background, I was doing something and watched it uh, with its like kind of the VHS 4-3 ratio because it was just so weird to watch um, an HD version, which again, isn't, isn't a bad thing. I just, I found it very interesting. It, it felt very awkward um, to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that's actually a very common phenomenon, especially in the video game community. Um, there's a lot of, Older games basically were, sprite-based games especially, were developed um, basically stating that if this is going to be used on CRT TVs, which has a little bit more of a blending effect, not as high resolution. Um, So if you emulate older games like Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI or something like that, um, they actually, the emulators do have built-in like blurring effects just because it looks a lot better if the colors kind of merge together than they do in each individual sprite. You can see each individual tiny little one. Hmm. So that's that. I thought I didn't yep. know that. Yeah, definitely. It's a big thing. So I, I'm sure the movie industry has the same thing as well. And people are always, you know, saying, well, how can they do 4K if they were filmed, you know, back in the 80s? Well, the film cameras are super, super high resolution and they have to downscale it down to whatever technology of the time is popularized. But as long as they have the original prints, as long as they have the original copies of the movie, they can always upscale it or take it from that original source and repurpose it. So but I wonder if that's what's going on with um, yeah. within the woods. Because I know Eagle, uh, not Evil Dead. <laughs> Uh, Bruce Campbell at one point said it's because like they used unlicensed they used licensed music they couldn't have or something. But I wonder if part of that is just because the the original film is either I think I've heard rumors that's lost. I've heard that it's like not you know able to be updated. Um, so I'm curious if that if part of that is the same reason is that if they if they did <laughs> what would it look like if they did actually ever like you know up up res it see what that looks like um, or mm-hmm. it's just too lost. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yep. Um, yep. Definitely. But yeah, as long as it's preserved. Um... Yeah, film has much, much higher quality than anything else. Because it makes sense because they have to be projected on these big-ass screens. So. Mm. But I wonder if they go through and digitally scrub it, too. Because I, I know that, you know, with the, when, when they when they did um, It's a Wonderful Life and scrubbed it and then did coloration on it, I know that was done by each frame. So I wonder if some of these 4K restorations, they have to go through and do that with each frame. Uh, that sounds insane. Oh, definitely, that too. That sounds absolutely insane. Yeah. I know that I did hear, um, again, I didn't notice it, but I heard that they, they did some, uh, they, they cut out, I think, um, Sam Raimi standing. Was, was it Sam Raimi? I forget. I think it was Sam Raimi standing in the frame at one point when they're driving down the bridge, and um, they, they updated like that moon uh, in the. Uh, I, I didn't really notice the difference again, um, but apparently there are some significant changes in the 4K. Uh, so maybe it would be interesting to go back and compare them side by side. Um, but yeah, I, 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 no, they also. Um... Yeah, what they did for the re-release too in the 4K version is they um, changed it so that at one point uh, Bruce Campbell shoots the Deadite first instead of the Deadite shooting Bruce Campbell first. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, and I never really liked that change. I mean, I, I, I thought it was very weird. They cut the way he they kind of janked it over to the side. I always thought Shelly shot them first, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Star Wars joke. Ah, so, yep. so classic, so classic. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I, I will say, uh, for anybody, uh, I know I told you I was going to watch the. Um, the uh frick into the woods uh no I, yes but also the commentary <laughs> the commentary for this movie oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, i'm ho- so there there's a better commentary on youtube from bruce campbell but jesus christ uh whoever bruce campbell and uh sam raimi need to be better at doing commentaries because you know resident evil you know not the greatest movies the originals but they have classic commentaries which are fun to watch mm-hmm. um they still play the movie at audible volumes you can watch the movie pay attention while you're listening to people talk and joke about it literally the fucking commentary track on this they muted the actual movie track and it's just them talking mm. but it's not about what's on screen it's just like they were they clearly were given like a prompt of questions to ask and go through not gonna lie i love everything about the background of this movie i love hearing this but that commentary track is abysmal <laughs> like just make it a podcast rather have it as a podcast. Yeah. yeah that was about to say rather have it as a podcast make format. a podcast make it all right cool but don't 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 yeah. don't do that if you ever, if you do if you do a commentary talk about what's going on on screen and, and you know give me fun facts that's what I want. <laughs> All right, good stuff. All right, well thank you so much for listening. Once again, this is part one of four for our Evil Deadathon. We are going to go ahead and finish it up uh, with Army of Darkness and then uh, part what? what? Finish it up? No, three, three, 
three. Yes, we're doing three parts because we're doing the very first episode, which is we just recorded, which is Evil Dead 1 and 2. And then we will go ahead with Army of Darkness. And then we will go into the remake. And then finally, yeah, I guess part four is going to be Evil Dead Rise when that comes out in a few weeks. The, the, the requel. Mommy's home. Actually, there we go. Is that the third requel? Because two is a requel. I would say that the remake's a requel. And this is also a requel. I guess so. I also yeah. hate that term. I hate Scream 5 just for inventing that term. But um, <laughs> but Bruce Campbell said it in a video I was watching where he's talking about it. And I always wanted to know, did, did he just make that word up? Or just, did it come? Did, did he like, did he have his feet finger on the pulse of, evil, of uh, Scream 5? Um, but uh, yeah, because right, because two, sorry, not two. Uh, remake takes place in the same universe because the um, the classics there, right? Um, even though it got transported back in time, it's still there again. So I don't know how that works. Uh, but then, um, and this one is taking place in an apartment complex, but I'm pretty sure they're implying that it is in the same universe. So it is, uh, an, you know, a, another story set in the same Evil Dead universe where, theoretically, I'm curious where it takes place in the timeline of if Ash vs. Evil Dead happened or not. But Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There's a postcards check. We'll, we'll see as well. Ooh, dude, I, I don't want him Ooh. to say groovy again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, good stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Once again, this has been Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. Um, thank you so much to our opening theme song. That is Teddy's Atlas with the Sound Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Next episode is going to be uh, Army of Darkness. So catch that in a few weeks. And in the meantime, stay groovy. Bye.